to the inaugural Sedefo podcast. We've been thinking of starting a podcast for some time to discuss all matters Sedefo, our research findings, our events, anything of interest related to vocational education and training, skills and qualifications for the ever-changing labor market. The time has finally come. And what better guest to launch this series than the person responsible for the European Union's policy on all these matters, the European Commissioner for Jobs and Social Rights, Nicolas Schmidt. Mr. Schmidt, welcome to SEDEFOP, and thank you for being our first podcast guest. It's a pleasure. You have finally had the chance uh, to visit SEDEFOP following the problems in travel created by the coronavirus pandemic. And I know you wanted uh, to do that for a while now. So how important is it to have this face-to-face -face interaction with the management and staff of one of the agencies in your portfolio? Well, I think this commission is very much focused on uh, education, skills, vocational training. And uh, therefore, the agency is of great importance for our work. And uh, because we are in a period also of... Uh, tremendous changes uh, in the economy, in the labor market, in society. And certainly we know that uh, the solutions for people to this transformation, to improve their conditions in this transformation, is learning, is uh, improving their skills, being reskilled, being upskilled, lifelong learning, all these issues are at the heart of our work, and you mentioned my title, jobs. Mm -hmm. This is the way to good jobs, quality jobs, but it is also a right of people to be trained. And this is principle number one of the uh, social pillar, by the way, the right to be trained, the right to have good education. And this underlines the importance of uh, this agency. And obviously, we can do a lot uh, remotely, but it is always important uh, to talk to people, to have the direct contact, to have the uh, exchange of views, and therefore I'm very happy to be here in Thessaloniki and to meet uh, the staff of the SEDEFOP. And we are very happy to have you here. How do you rate SEDEFOP's role in research and uh, policy support uh, when it comes to vocational education, but also skills and qualifications? Well, as I said, uh, in a period of transformation, this means also always a lot of uncertainties. And uh, I think we have to try to understand better the big trends and uh, how we finally adapt our systems uh, in education, uh, how we uh, give people the opportunity to be uh, skilled in the right direction responding to the labor market, but also sometimes responding to their own wishes. And uh, therefore, I think uh, what uh, CEDEFOB is doing in improving the intelligence of uh, labor market trends, of what are the skills needed, not just today, but also tomorrow and maybe after tomorrow, what do we have to add or what kind of tools we have to give to people to be able, finally, to get reskilled, because it's also a question of mindset. All this research which is done here, including also how to uh, revamp vocational training, everybody is now very much committed to develop with a variety of traditions 
along the countries. All this, I think, uh, has to be based also on, on good research, on good intelligence, and that's what is done here. I must say, I very much admire the work which is done here, and uh, it is helpful. It helps us precisely to lower the uncertainty and to build trust also in the economy, because now I had a lot of contacts uh, with other commissioners, uh, with uh, industry, with service industries, and the issue which was number one priority was we have to skill our people. The investment in skills is key, and here I think CEDEFOP uh, gives us very valuable contribution. Europe has been in crisis mode for a while now, and it's a double crisis, started as economic, now it's pandemic-related. Do you think that the worlds of education and work have managed to cope during that time, and what should the related priorities be for the next phase if we are to achieve a strong and resilient recovery? We went through a major crisis, and certainly a lot of people suffered a lot especially a lot of young people, and the scars of this crisis have not yet healed. This crisis also is a bit different, but um, finally now we are in a process of recovery and uh, we have to consolidate this recovery and we can consolidate it by investing a lot because at the same time we have uh, the transformation, the green transformation. The pandemic has uh, very much emphasized and accelerated the digitalization in our economies, in all sectors, in all activities, big companies, but also the smaller ones, otherwise they would not survive. And uh, so I think uh, investing in the modernization, in new technologies, but this means always also investing in people is key uh, to make out of this transformation a success for everybody. Nobody should be left behind, but this is not something happening automatically. You mentioned the two transitions, the green one to a green economy and the digital one, especially talking about the digital transformation. And uh, I know that you have a personal interest in digital skills. How do you think Europe is going to come out of all of this? And do you think that the digital skills of Europeans have improved during the pandemic? And if yes, how will this be reflected in the labour market? Well, I think, as I said, there was an acceleration. From one day to another, people had to work remotely. Exactly. And uh, they had to be accustomed, those who were not so much accustomed to this kind of work. And it functioned, it worked, uh, and they had probably a lot in companies, crash courses, uh, how to deal with this kind of uh, approaches and work. Okay, now this will stay with us. The way how people will work tomorrow, already today, the way how people work in this organization has changed rapidly and we will not come back to what uh, existed before the pandemic. And here digital skills are key, but not only for remote working, but uh, a lot of uh, jobs become more and more digitalized, uh, have a broader digital input. And this means that uh, at all levels, people need some digital skills. There's the assumption that 90% uh, of jobs have some kind of digital dimension. And unfortunately, we know that uh, there are still a lot of people 
in the labor market who lack uh, these digital skills. And therefore, we, we have to make a tremendous effort. If uh, we want to modernize our economy, if we want also to remain at a high level in terms of competitiveness, of innovation, of efficiency, well, uh, Europe cannot lag behind. And therefore, uh, investing in digital skills for those who are on the job is important, is mm -hmm. crucial to allow them to keep their job and to evolve in their professional life. And especially uh, investing in digital skills also of kids, of young people, of those entering the labor market, those who have to change their job. And there will be jobs lost, but there will be also jobs created. And we have to give people the opportunity of mobility on, in the labor market. And people accept more easily mobility if they get the guarantee that uh, if they lose their job there, they uh, can have a good opportunity rapidly elsewhere. And here, skilling the right way, and especially digital skilling, is crucial. And in this fast-moving labor environment that you've just described, how do you see the role of uh, vocational education and training? Well, in a way, we have to extend vocational training to many areas. And uh, we see that those countries having a strong vocational training system are those with low youth unemployment rates, for instance. Because the transition from school to a job is easier. The possibility for young talents, which might not go the academic way, but other ways, is better organized. The value given to this kind of education is higher. It's not regarded as a second or third way. It's regarded as an equivalent way to be trained and to get a good job, mm -hmm. a quality job. That's what we want. So I think vocational training is at the heart of this transformation. And especially also for those who have to be in a lifelong learning system. What does that mean? Well, you are working and you have to be trained for new things. This is vocational training also. And therefore, I think the Commission with the member states, we try to push very much on vocational training. And here also the work of CDFOP is important. And there is a, a general commitment now by all the member states to uh, develop vocational training. Uh, this is the case in countries where vocational training was not so developed now. And uh, everybody tries to to be inspired by those countries who have a long tradition, good cooperation, good exchange of good practices. And here also we have to accompany that and, and give the young people the feeling that vocational training is an equivalent way. Therefore, we, we work on Erasmus mm -hmm. also to open Erasmus more to apprentices. Why should a student have this possibility to travel, to get different experiences outside its home or his or her home country? And apprentices should not get that. So we have to promote now also this Erasmus for apprentices. What you've just said is very true in many countries now, but there are still some countries where despite all the measures governments have taken and social partners uh, have worked with governments to do that, when you ask young people and their parents what they would prefer, university education or vet, 
vocational education, there is still a problem there because they still perceive it as something that is not equal. What would you say to those young people and their parents? Especially to the parents, I think. Yes. Well, it is also a question in society. It's a question of uh, working conditions because people have in mind that when you have a university education, uh, your working conditions, your salary is better. This might not anymore be so true. Mm -hmm. Many university graduates sometimes have difficulties to find the right jobs. So uh, I would say somebody who is motivated, whose talents correspond very well to this kind of vocational training, should choose this way. And this should not close other opportunities. We are living now in a society where the way how you are educated and your professional future is not closed. It should be open because technology goes so fast, professions change so much, there are new professions coming up, there are also professions which are disappearing. And therefore, I think we, we should much more value the competences, the skills of people, the way how they can adapt to a changing working environment, than to say, well, you have a bachelor and you have gone through vocational and you are better than you. That's wrong. It's the competence, it's the skills, and therefore opening the way that once you have gone through vocational, you can just add afterwards other kinds of training. This is uh, a much more open and flexible way we need for the working world of tomorrow and even of today. Of today. And we also see that from the employer side. Employers now are looking more about what people can do rather than uh, the qualifications they have. Absolutely. But I just say you also have to recognize that. Absolutely. In terms of wages, in terms of uh, working conditions, this is important because otherwise, well, uh, if you get the feeling that you are better paid here than there, people are more or less uh, encouraged to, to choose maybe the, the way which at the end is not uh, the most uh, favorable in terms also of uh, finding a good job. But this is uh, a big uh, society issue and uh, I just can welcome uh, the common efforts in this uh, respect on the side of social partners, of governments, and the Commission is absolutely supporting these changes. In an interview you gave us for the Skillset and Match uh, magazine, soon after you took up uh, your duties, you said that data was one of the priorities for skills in the labour market. CEDEFOP uh, is at the forefront of skills intelligence and uh, big data analysis of uh, job uh, vacancies. What uh, do you think is the best way to use this wealth of information to come up with policies uh, that will guarantee Europe's future competitiveness? If you want really to have the right policies, you have to base your policies on uh, solid data. Uh, big data gives you uh, a lot of uh, better indication. I said we are living also in a period of uncertainty. How will the labour market of tomorrow, in which direction it will go? And, uh, well, we will not know everything, but we can better 
sees what, what's going on if we are working with big data. That's what CDFOP is trying to use. And this is, uh, for policymakers, extremely important to be able to rely on the work uh, which is done here, on skills, on professions, on uh, the needs, which will be the needs of tomorrow, because we have already to prepare people for this kind of needs. According to a CEDEFOP survey, adults in Europe expect learning and training to become more important and an overwhelming majority agree that governments should prioritize investment in them. You have uh, supported the need to increase upskilling and reskilling and you've already talked about it today as well. Given also the emerging forms of uh, work, skills, qualifications, uh, such as, for example, micro-credentials, which I know you have uh, discussed also with uh, the CEDEFOP management. What are the EU's plans to boost adult learning and continuing vocational education and training in the years ahead? First, we launched a new skills agenda where all these elements are, are presented, which is an essential part also of our action plan for the implementation of the social pillar. Second, we have created this skills pact bringing together all kinds of uh, companies of different sectors who all have to define their approaches, uh, how to promote uh, the skills offensive or some say even skills revolution. We had uh, together with Commissioner Breton mainly a very broad exchange with all the economic uh, ecosystems and to look how will the future be for skills and for jobs in these different uh, areas. And then it's a question of investment. And I must say I am very positively surprised that a lot of money also of the uh, Recovery and Resilience Fund has been allocated to education and uh, improving skills. And I think this is the right way, investing in people, investing in skills, investing in uh, adult learning, in lifelong learning, because the level of adult learning is too low all over. In many countries, very low, much too low. And this is something we have to work now. Uh, we, we have to allocate more funding, but also setting up the structures, because what we want is not just adult learning. We have to have quality uh, lifelong learning. So this is uh, what the Commission will accompany, also devoting more money from uh, European Social Fund plus to uh, adult learning, to skilling, upskilling and reskilling. Well, it's the only way how we can face in a positive way the uh, green and digital transformation. You do sound really positive uh, despite uh, the current climate of uncertainty. There are a lot of problems around. But it's not the time to be gloomy. It's the time to give people trust, to offer people the right solutions. This is the way how we can overcome this uh, difficult period due to the pandemic, but also in this context of uh, economic uh, changes. It's not by discouraging them that we can manage this. It's by encouraging them, by giving them also the right tools by accompanying them. And that's why I am reasonably optimist. And uh, I hope that uh, we will be able, and I'm sure we will be able in Europe, to have these improvements for the benefit of uh, all persons, for all people. This is uh, what Europe is about, and uh, I believe in that.
very optimistic message for the future. It's been a pleasure having you here today. And thank you very much again for joining us. Thank you.